the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, professor, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, if you have been with us over the past few weeks, you know that we've been doing a series entitled The Five Ds as it relates to our bodies being the holy temple of God. Well, tonight we want to conclude this series and bring this plane in for a landing by doing a recap of those five Ds and then open the phone lines up and give you an opportunity to talk about this series. We want to know what you like, how it affected you. How did God speak to you through it? How did it bless you? So stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that wonderful, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radiant Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. We appreciate your prayers and your support and always being there for us when we need you in so many different ways. And as Brother Gary has said, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. And rather than a thorough teaching over this, I'm going to just, by means of review, just talk about the different uh, five Ds and uh, give you an opportunity to call in along with your question. Uh, you can tell us how you got blessed by these Ds. And then after that, uh, ask your question. So uh, as a means of review and what a teaching this has been, it has blessed my heart, Gary's and my family's and all those who have been tuning in and listening to uh, Contending for the Faith. And uh, we want to start off with the first D, and that God uh, wants our body to be a place of dedication. That's the first D, a place of dedication. And we find that in Romans 12, 1, verses 1 and 2. And secondly, God wants our bodies to be a place of devotion devotion. And that's daily. We need to be devoted to the Lord in the word and prayer and fellowship and accountability. Thirdly, God wants our bodies to be a place of duty, you know, service, you know, and worship. And we've said over and over, uh, if your worship is not right, then your service will not be right with the Lord. And the Lord doesn't want anything to do with hypocrisy. 
That's why uh, God oftentimes would uh, drop the high priest's bed and the holies of holies. They had a rope around his ankle with bells. And when he went into the holies of holies and he was living a life of hypocrisy and not true worship and service, God just dropped him dead like he did with Ammonites and Sapphire. And one thing God don't play around with is hypocrisy. And you need to repent of that if that's in your life. And then the fourth D, God wants our bodies to be a place of death. Just die to self. That's what Paul did in Galatians 2 and 20. I'm crucified with Christ. He just died to the eyes, the hands, and the flesh. He died to them. And we need to nail those things, this flesh, that is contrary to God, to the cross. And walk in the Spirit, as it talks about in Galatians 5. Not walk in the flesh, walk in the Spirit. And then the fifth D uh, is the last D. God wants our body to be a place of display that you are a witness. Now that you are committed to all the first four deeds, now you can go out into your church and the community, and you can be a display for God as a witness, a witness in your home, in your churches, in your community, and abroad. So, what a tremendous teaching this has been, Brother Gary, and uh, let's keep things off starting off with you. What, How did all of these deeds minister to you, and what stood out to you? I know all of them did, but is there one in particular that really ministered to you, and you as you heard this series over and over again? I think, you know, a, apart from the deeds, I think the thing that spoke to me the most is that you know, our bodies being the holy temple of God and that, you know, he's holy and that we need to be holy. And I think holiness is something that you don't hear much uh, conversation or preaching on in, in our churches today that, you know, we have become so uh, sophisticated and we oftentimes you know, a lot of our church services are so modern and so upbeat and so um, can be, you know, very flashy, you know, and, and, you know, not to say that we want a great presentation, we want great music, we want all those things to be there. But at the same time, you know, that hypocrisy piece is huge. And I think God really wants to deal with the heart of his people, that he wants uh us to be right on the inside. He wants us to be holy because the world is not, and it's getting more and more corrupt as the days go on. People are not renewing their minds. They're not spending time in God's word. And, I, and I'm starting to believe that, you know, it's, it's a thing where people are just becoming, um, I hate to say reprobate, but it's that hardening of their hearts where they're not even, aware of the sin in their life. They're not even aware of the things that they're taking in and, and seeing and looking at and all this kind of stuff. And um, it's having an effect on their uh, spiritual lives in a detrimental kind of way. So I think to me, you know, that whole aspect of being holy and being coming back to that and recognizing that we serve a holy God 
And, uh, you know, how many times, you know, are, 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 do our lives reflect that? You know, it's just a, it just seems to be something that's missing and that God is calling us back to. So well said. Appreciate that, Brother Gary, and emphasizing that word holy. And isn't it interesting that uh, the third person of the Trinity is called the Holy Spirit, and he wants to dwell in a holy body. And mm-hmm. that's why God really is making this parallel uh, with, as we see in the Old Testament that the temple, God wanted it to be holy because of the place that he dwelt in. And then today, we don't have a temple today like they did in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and then today. No, I'm talking about today, that our bodies are God's temple, and that's where he wants to dwell in. And we need to dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, many people, as the white man of Moody said, are praying for God to fill them. But they're already filled with something else. And he said there has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. And when we do that, Holy Spirit will come upon us and not only give us power to live a holy life, because you can't live a holy life in and of yourself. You got to dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And that's going to take true repentance. You remember I said last uh, week, last Saturday, that a lot of us, uh, we grieve the Holy Spirit and, you know, and we quench the Holy Spirit from working in our lives. And when you're talking about the world, they are resisting the Holy Spirit. That's why. Uh, Stephen got in the face of those people in Acts chapter 7. Why do you continue to resist the Holy Spirit? But the churches today, we can grieve the Holy Spirit and we can quench his power working in our lives by living unholy lives. So the thing that we have to do, and on a daily basis, uh, is to repent of sin in our lives, unholiness, and we need to get to a place uh, like the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You want to see God? You've got to start living that pure life. And he will give you that pure heart if you confess your sins and repent and accept him as Savior and Lord of your life. You know, a lot of people don't know God's plan of salvation. And that's something that uh, when we start to witness to people, we need to tell them about God's plan of salvation. You know, how do you approach people when you start to share the gospel? Well, one of the greatest ways to do it is to share about God's plan of salvation. And when you generally say that to most people in the world, and even some people in the churches don't know, what is God's plan of salvation? They say, oh, I don't know. I mean, the last month I've led many different people in the Lord to, to the Lord. And talking to them about God's plan. Do you know what God's plan of salvation is? Do you know what God's plan for your life is? No, I don't know. So I tell them in love, you know, God has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life. The, the one P plan, another P purpose. And that plan is that he came to do three things for you for, in, in relationship to your sins. He came to die for your sins. 
for your sins. Bury, be buried, number two, and then he came back from the dead. Now, in order for you to accept God's plan of salvation, you got to do three R's. And these things are very simple in sharing with somebody. I went to a funeral one time and shared this, and one pastor was so touched. He said, man, I got to get that information. But this is the uh, a basic approach after you share God's plan of salvation. You just mention to them three R's. First R, you got they got to recognize that they are a sinner. Romans 3 and 23, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Second R, repent. It comes from the Greek word montanoia, and it's a military word. Turn from something to something. Then the third R is receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. I encourage all my students as a professor to memorize Romans 10, 9 and 10. And if you don't have that memorized, memorize it and share that in 1 John 1 and 9, Revelation 3 and 20. Uh, these are important scriptures to share with people regarding, um, you know, leading them to the Lord by the Spirit of Christ. So anyway, what a series this has been. Uh, I don't know if we have a little time here, uh, but if we do, we can get the first caller in and uh, start seeing uh, what they, how they got blessed, and then mm -hmm. get to their question, and then we can come back after the commercial and deal with them. So, well, so. I do have one quick question. Yes. And that regarding First Corinthians three seventeen, it says, "If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy." For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So there's that's a that's a very sobering statement. That there's there's destruction awaiting anybody that defiles the, the temple, and if we are God's temple, then we need to be aware and, and uh, appreciate the respond that responsibility. But my yes, question is, is how how does someone defile? Attempt. Well, that's a good uh, question, and there are many different ways that one can defile the temple of God, and it can be through drugs, it can be through uh, alcohol abuse, uh, it can be uh, through pornography, uh, and it can also be through fornication and adultery. A good major example of this would be First Corinthians 5, where you saw we learn about a believer in the church who was living in uh, adultery and uh, fornication adultery. And the church brought this to uh, the Apostle Paul's attention. And the Apostle Paul was saying this practice that one is doing, uh, uh, you know, is not even known among the heathens of doing this sort of thing to have his father's wife. And so uh, the Apostle Paul came and said this. He said, deliver such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his body, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. We find in Second Corinthians that he repented. Thank God for that. But if you listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, he said, deliver such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his body, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So that's a major example of the temple being destroyed by uh, God, judgment is because uh, you see it, uh, a classic case of it in First Corinthians chapter five. So that's a good question you have. 
And I believe the answer to it is right on point. Mm. All right. Well, it is 718. It's time for us to take a commercial break. Looks like our phone lines are lit up like a proverbial Christmas tree. So when we come back from the break, we can get right to the callers. Be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Well, we want to thank all of you who have been uh, consistent listeners of this broadcast over the many, many years. We know so many of you have been praying for Contending for the Faith, and so many of you have stepped up to the plate and supported us financially. And we just can't thank you enough for your dedication, for your faithfulness, for always uh, being available and obedient to prayer and to giving. And so we just want to, once again, give you a heartfelt thank you and ask that you continue to be consistent in both praying as well as giving to this ministry. Right now we owe $715 and we need to retire that debt. We need you guys to step up to the plate mightily and hit us a home run so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do here on this broadcast. We know it's summertime. Many people are gone and taking those last hurrahs before school starts. And we start that whole routine up again. And the kids have to go back and get ready and all of that good stuff. And we know many people are on the road. And and we just want to remind you, it's great to take a vacation. and, And God bless you. We all need to take one every now and then. But don't take a vacation from your giving. It's so important for ministries like ours and others to have that consistent uh, prayer, and that consistent giving happening um, regularly so that we can continue to do what uh, God has called us to do. We don't want you to tune in um, on a Saturday and all of a sudden find out that we're on an extended vacation because <laughs> we're able to pay the bills. So it's important uh, that you uh, prayerfully and and we always say the, the tithe belongs to your local church. And we encourage people always pay your tithes. You want to see God's miracles happen in your life. I challenge you. That's, a, that's an important area. And so it's an act of devotion. It's an act of faith. It's trusting God that he will bless you um, as you give him 10%. He'll take that 90 and make it stretch to 200. And he's faithful to do that. So we want to encourage you that God is able. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a blessing. It's, it's a the scripture says that we are to refresh others that we might be refreshed as well. So we want to encourage you um, to consider uh, if you haven't, haven't ever given, it's time to give. And especially if you've never prayed for this ministry, please begin to pray because we need your prayers and we need your financial support. There's two ways that you can donate. First way, is write a check or money order and send it to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. 
That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to the calls? Do you have more to add to what we were saying? Or Yes, uh, appreciate that. I just want to thank you for uh, the challenge out there. And uh, I know many of you uh, love this program, and so do we. And so I trust that God is going to touch somebody tonight and uh, that's been blessed financially. And they're going to step up to the plate uh, because it's good to act on faith now. So we've I've said this before, and uh, next thing you know, before the program is over with, somebody has stepped up, two or three people, and uh, took care of that debt. So we trust that God will move on that tonight uh, as we state this. So we appreciate your prayers and your support. Okay, Brother Gary, we uh, will get to... Our first caller, who is that? Uh, all right, before I do that, I almost forgot. We uh, just want to let you know that next week we'll be out of the studio. Uh, Dr. Buckner will be going to visit his daughter and brand new great grandbaby, right? That's Oakley is, there, is the name of the child. Oakley, uh huh. Yeah. And so we know you're going to have a, a good time of, of seeing this new grandbaby and uh, praising God for this new addition to the to the family tree. So we won't be in studio, but we'll have the best of contending for the faith, but you can listen, you know, it's time. It, don't stop tuning in just because it's not a, a particularly a live broadcast because it'll be uh, one of the better ones and you'll be able to, uh, to benefit as a result and still tell friends and people about the, uh, about the ministry, about the broadcast and also about the podcast. Don't want to forget that, that you can go to kfax.com and the top of the banner where it's just contending for the faith, you can go and check out all of the programming that we've done, all the different series, uh, on the Trinity, uh, 5Ds, and much, much more. So anyway, let me plug that in. Amen. All right. We can go to uh, Brother Cece has been patiently waiting. Brother Cece, how are you doing this evening? Um, hi. We are truly blessed. Good to hear your voice again. And before we get to before we get to your question, um, how did all of these D's minister to you? Or at least, what D stood out that really ministered to you? Before we get to before I answer that question, I want to ask you what was the last D that you mentioned because I was in the gym and I was trying to get out. They had the music on, so I missed the last D. Yes, display. Display. Okay. Yes, display. So God wants us to uh, be a witness to the world. Once we are committed to all of the four Ds, the fifth D is display, and we are to display our bodies at the holy temple before God and the world so that they can see Christ in us. And that's a witness right there. Amen. So, all right. So which, which one of those Ds ministered to you the most? Dedication ministered oh. to me the most. And the reason it ministered to me the most, because I think that's uh, all, everything you said was, was everything is on point, but that one really stood out to me because um, that has to do with your lifestyle. Like you said, Romans chapter 12, you know what I'm saying? Your lifestyle has to be consistent with your calling. You know, you know how, how are you treating your temple? What are you doing 
what are you doing when no one no one sees you? You know what I'm saying? I think the temple is, is very, very important. I think about in Romans chapter six when when God begins to talk about how, you know, like the, not our hands, our feet, our mouth and all that is part of the temple and we are to to treat the temple with the respect that God has expects from us, you know, that's, that's, that's our devotion, that's our living. It's not just reading the Bible and going to church, but it's also acting and living it out. And, and that's, been, that's been my goal since I've been, you know, a believer, that I really want to, I try my best to actually live it out. And when nobody's looking at me, that's the main thing. You're at home, you know, you're by yourself. You know, what are you looking at? What are you listening to? What are you putting in your body? How much time are you spending with the Lord? How important is He to you? You know, all of those things come into the play for me. You know, and I, like you said in Romans chapter twelve, you uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice, and sacrifice is, is, is God calls us to be holy. We need to be set apart, set apart, washed, and used for His ministry, and it's just a blessing that we have. Of course, have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And take that time, like you said, um, in um, duty, uh, worship, praying, spending time in God's Word, meditating on His precepts, and making Him your everything. He's supposed to be most important. If the football game is coming on and you got to go to church, are you going to watch the football game, stay home, or are you going to go to church? you got to put Him first in everything. As He says, search first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all those things will be added on to you. Amen. Thank you so much. And you were not the home run with that, because that everything starts off with that point, that word, dedication. It all starts off with that. And everything else falls into place with that. So it sounds like we're having a bad connection with you. Uh, sounds so, like he's outside. Uh, yeah. So maybe you can somehow diffuse that the best you can. Uh, what's your question tonight, by the way? I wanted to ask you about the seven-day Adventist. And what do you think about about um, you know the things that they um, hold to in terms of you know the, the ministry? Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> well, let me just say something about the Seventh Day Adventist in case some people are not aware. Uh, the Seventh Day Adventist uh, is a Protestant church. Uh, they observe Saturday as the Sabbath. And they emphasize the imminent second coming event of Jesus Christ. Uh, and this grew out of the Millerite movement uh, in the 1800s <clears throat> uh, because uh, William Miller was predicting a lot about the end of time and he was wrong uh, all of the time, but uh, he influenced a lot of people uh, during that time including Ellen G. White. Ellen G. White is one of the uh, founders uh, and leaders of the, co-founder of the, and leaders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, and uh, she back in the 1800s. But she uh, was uh, influenced by a lot of this stuff. And matter of fact, uh, they talk about her being a prophetess, but uh, prophetess in biblical times, they didn't make mistakes. And so she prophesied the end of the world and it never happened. So uh, when she predicted it, it didn't happen. So uh, they have really no answer for that. Um, there are people 
uh, that uh, don't know that much about their doctrines. And uh, when you talk about the Seventh-day Adventists, uh, some people have asked the question, are they a cult? And I would say, which group are you talking about? Because there, there's three different types of groups within the Seventh-day Adventists, and there's the traditional Seventh-day Adventists, and they are deeply into the law, law, and the issues of the law, and the legalists, Seventh-day Adventists, they are into it. And then you have more of the conservative, and they are into it not as deeply as the others, because we talked about the traditionalists and, and the legalists, they will even go as far as saying, if you don't keep the Sabbath day, uh, that uh, you will uh, get the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, in the last days. So um, the uh, conservative uh, Sunday Adventists, they uh, believe in the essentials of the historic Christian faith, like most evangelicals do. Um, and But the problem with the Sunday Adventists is that they believe in conditional immortality. That is that uh, that after one dies, their soul goes to sleep. And uh, they uh, isolate the scriptures and really don't look at it uh, from the perspective of what Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And they look at these scriptures in the Old Testament, like, you know, uh, you know, one after one dies, they sleep and, and uh, that sort of thing. And sleep in the Old Testament is a synonym for um, the sleep of the body, not the soul. And so they believe in conditional immortality. Uh, they And then also the um, Joe Witnesses do as well. And then the Seventh-day Adventists uh, have a problem with a literal hell. Uh, and when it comes to uh, the their views of the legalistic things of keeping the Sabbath day and, and all these festivals and all that. I always tell people that, that those, all those things were related to the temple. The temple is no longer in operation. And then secondly, we're under a new covenant right now. That's something very important from Romans chapter uh, eight. You might want to look at that sometime. Romans eight and 13 talks about the old covenant is, is in the Greek is, is literally obsolete. You know, we're under a new covenant in Christ, and that covenant is the covenant of love right now. What is the fulfillment of the law? According to Paul, it is love. He talks about in Romans chapter 13, love is the fulfillment of the law. And he mentioned all of the different things related to the Decalogue, 613 straight and all, and yet he says love is the fulfillment of the law. And that he got that teaching from Jesus when, you know, they asked him what the greatest commandment. And he said, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. So, um, you know, it's very important for us to understand that uh, according to the Apostle Paul and Jesus that and the early church, uh, we're not under bondage uh, of the law. You know, and one of the things that a lot of the law keepers hate is the Apostle Paul, especially in the book of Galatians, even the black Hebrew Israelites, they can't stand the book of Galatians. And the book of Galatians talks about those who are under the law are under a curse. 
you know, you you don't want you want to repent of being under a law, you know, because we're under grace right now. We're not under a law. We're not burdened by the law, and that's why Jesus said, "Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest." Because the people were burdensome, the people were law keeping, and Jesus came to fulfill the law, and He fulfilled it in love. So there's a whole lot about Sunday Adventist, and what I would recommend is to get the book, The Kingdom of the Cults, by uh, my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, because he goes into uh, the Seventh-day Adventist beliefs and their history, their theology, and he brings out uh, some of these points that I bring out, but I'm taking on another level. So anyway, um, you, you one more point is that, you know, Paul was in the middle of all of this stuff in Romans 14, and, you know, they were arguing about foods and eating this type of food and keeping this day. And, and Paul got to the point where he said, those who are, uh, you know, eating herbs are weak and those are eating meat. And then he talked about one minister in one day uh, uh, alike and one minister in another day above another. And so I esteem every day alike. And he said, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. No religion, no people can dictate what day you should worship one another. This is the crudely does shot in the skull, is that the Seventh-day Adventists need to understand that the law was never given to the Gentiles. It was given to the Jews, never given to the Gentiles. That's a really important point. You know, so they try to say we should be under. No, no, because we're under grace right now and that's the point right now so hopefully that helps out I spent but we need time. to take a commercial break so let's hang on and yeah. get back to uh, cc after the break we'll be right back with more of contending for the faith You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we just want to once again thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. We thank you for your consistent prayers. And we also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially over the many years that we've been on the air to keep this ministry going. This is a listener-supported ministry. Without your support and without your prayers, we know there's no way we could have been on the air as long as we have. Right now, we have a debt of $715 we're trying to uh, settle and, and retire, and we need your help to do that. Uh, we need you to step up to the plate and knock a home run for contending for the faith. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, first way is to address a check or money order to contending for the faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that next week, we won't be live in the studio, but we will air the best of Contending for the Faith. So you'll be able to listen, but you just won't be able to call in. So we want to encourage you 
keep listening, keep praying, and keep giving. Uh, we need your help. We need your support. And we need your prayers. All right, Dr. Buckner. All right. Let's get back to Brother Cece. Cece, you there? Yes, I am. All right. We trust that you got some good uh, additional insight in what I shared. Man, did I? Yeah, you gave a lot of information. I appreciate it. I didn't appreciate. I didn't know, know you give me that much information. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome, and we uh, trust that what you got will be able to share it with uh, some Sunday Adventists and some other people as well. We want to get your prayer request uh, real quick and get to our next caller. Um, just as simple, just pray for me and my family, uh, Rosalinda, my mom, and my, my dad, Cervante, and then celebrities in general. All right, we will do All right. that. Uh, All right, Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We pray you continue to bless him. And bless his family, Lord God. Uh, we pray you put a hedge around them and a wall of fire. The enemy could not penetrate. And we pray that you meet every need that's represented in their lives, Lord God. We lift up the uh, many, many celebrities that are currently uh, in need of a Savior. They're no different than anybody else. Uh, we all have sinned, sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we all need a Savior. And they need you like we need you. So, Lord God, we pray that you would woo them and draw them to yourself and bring them into a saving knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Brother C.P. Who do we have next, thank Brother Gary? All right, we're going to Brother Jermaine. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, doing fine. Well, thank you, Brother, for calling back again uh, so we can talk some more about uh, Isaiah 43 and, and 10. That's what's on your heart. Is that correct? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, and, and again, what would you like to know about that verse of Scripture? Um, well, just uh, that verse of Scripture, to me, seems to throw a major wrench in, in uh, Mormon theology as far as being a, a uh, God or Jesus being, or, or excuse me, God being a man before he was God, and it just seems to go on for infinity, and I actually had to go to a service today for a friend, and Apparently, he had converted, unbeknownst to me, years ago. We haven't been in touch, and some of that theology was thrown out um, at their chapel about how, you know, hoping to one day have their own planet. And that kind of stuff sounds like something out of uh, Star Trek, but then uh, many of them actually believe this and try and justify it through Scripture. But that verse, to me, seems to lock all of that down. And, you know, I want to be compassionate towards a lot of them because I have a lot of friends and family uh, so a little wrapped up in that stuff, but I can see that there's a, a deep level of ignorance concerning the scripture. So I just wanted to hear you expound on it. Well, that's a good uh, synopsis of what you just said, and uh, you're right on point with that. Uh, yes, this is one of the classic verses of scripture that my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, used to use uh against those who believe in polytheism and the belief in many different gods, including Mormonism. Uh, Mormons would like to really tear this page of scripture out of the Bible because it gives them a black eye, you know, and God makes it very clear through Isaiah because Isaiah is like the gospel of John in the Old Testament. And he says in Isaiah 43 and 10, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know. Now notice these words, know 
believe me and understand how clear can God get in that, that I am he. I am he. This is the divine title for God. I am he. We have to emphasize that in talking to cults and false religions. I am he. And he says, before me, there was no God form, neither shall there be after me. That's basically it in a nutshell, uh, that this destroys the whole teaching of uh, Mormonism and the belief in many gods. And uh, it's clear in God's word. And then one point I want to say in closing on this, we always say, where did this teaching where you can become a God started? And we always want to bring out Genesis 3, because the enemy when he seduced and, and, and tricked the, the human our parents, or parents, he said, if you eat of this fruit, you will become as gods, knowing good and evil. So Satan is the author of this whole teaching that you can become a god. So hopefully that helped out my brother, and you right on point with it. And not too much more I can add. Uh, you might want to get the Kingdom of the Cults book if you don't have it, because Walter Martin deals with this in detail as well. Jermaine, you were about to say something when Dr. Buckner came on. Oh, yeah. I just I was trying to say I, I, um, I've learned to look at them very empathically, and I, I get a lot of what, you know, they don't see the dubious nature of what's being told to them, but a lot of them just want their families, and they want to maintain their, you know, what they believe should be their way of life off into eternity. But um, as Dr. Buckner just brought out, you know, it's, kind of fruit from a poisonous tree if it came from Satan is, is no good no matter how good so we uh, have to get them back on to uh, Christ verse 11 after 10 says there is no other Savior but but uh, the Lord so just trying to get them to focus on Christ and Christ alone and not an organization no matter how good their intentions are they can still be faulty so so thank you for that answer yeah and, and, and along with that when you do a real study of Isaiah Throughout Isaiah, God is saying over and over, I am he, and the I am he, and besides me, there is no God. Uh, so Isaiah is a powerful book regarding uh, destroying that view and multitude and beliefs and many gods. So God bless you. Thank you for that good question. And I know others out there got blessed by it too. God bless. Let's go uh, quickly to Brother Rick. We've got a few more minutes left in the broadcast here. Hey, Brother Rick, how you doing? Blessed, how about yourself? Oh, we're truly blessed. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, I got a question about our prayer life. How can we biblically incorporate the Trinity into our prayer life? Well, that's a good uh, question. Uh, I think a lot of people today, uh, when it comes to prayer and understanding prayer in relationship to the Trinity, I think a lot of us have been discombobulated and taught the wrong way. Um, when you look at uh, John 14 and, and verses 13 through 14, Jesus said, ask anything in my name, and I will do that. And then in John chapter 16, verse 23, <clears throat> God, Jesus says, and in that day, which is talking about the future, <clears throat> the last days, and the, the day in that day after he leaves and in that day you shall ask me nothing verily verily which is truly truly and great i say unto you whatsoever ye shall ask ask what who the father in my name he will give it he will give it you so that's why jesus said 
when they asked him with the disciples prayer, how should we pray? He said, you start off with our father, which art in heaven, how would be thy name? So, so now that Jesus is in heaven and the Holy Spirit is here, Jesus wasn't contradicting himself. His, he's in heaven on the right hand of the Father. Now that the Holy Spirit is here, now our prayer is that we go to the Father in prayer, the first person of the Trinity, through the name of Jesus, you know, and we address the Father. It's just like uh, we go, to, uh, it's, you know, in our families, we go to daddy, we go to dad. Uh, about most questions that we have when we're young and stuff like that, he's the head of the home. Well, Jesus is saying the same thing. You go to Big Daddy, our Father in heaven, you know, and the time now is we don't go directly to Jesus. Even though a lot of us close with the prayer, you know, it's not a formula of mantra and you say Jesus, Jesus name. You know, we address the Father in Christ and uh, we make our requests known because prayer is about requests. We make our requests known to God. That's so important. So hopefully that helps because a lot of us have been taught wrong about the proper way to pray, uh, Brother Rick. Hopefully that kind of gives us an insight. All right. Well, I hear the theme music and the yeah, we'll try to get to Alfred next time, even though we didn't get Alfred. Uh, Alfred, we'll get to your question next time. We'll bump you up first. So you call uh, right away and we'll get that question if you ask. Brother Gary. All right, we've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, or an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers. Until next time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.